just checking in, seeing how you're doing today, and just seeing if you might want to take a little break, step away from the noise of the world for just a moment, and connect back with you. If so, let's take a deep breath in, and breathe out, and let it all settle. I'm your host, Michael Gallion, and this is Letting It Settle. It's Michael, and I have some exciting news for you. We are introducing Letting It Settle Plus, the ultimate listening experience for those looking to find their calm and navigate the noise of life. As a subscriber, experience an abundance of the exclusive content that you know and love. For those looking to immerse themselves into the tranquility, the subscription includes immersive mini and 30-minute guided meditations, Perfect for those on the go or others needing a bit more time to let it all settle. You'll also discover a plethora of bonus episodes with topics ranging from practicing gratitude, cultivating self-love, as well as Ask Me Anything specials, where I answer your questions and topic requests. And all of this is available for you now to elevate your listening experience. Actionable takeaways, guided meditations, and mindfulness exercises await. So, don't miss out. Subscribe to Letting It Settle Plus today to join the community. Available on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Now, before we begin, I just want to give you a nice little gentle reminder that there is no timeline on healing. There's no rush. You get to go as slow as you need to. So be gentle with yourself as you navigate through what you're facing and just focus on what one step forward looks like. Continue to be in motion, but take your time. For this week's episode, I'm taking you along on a coaching conversation with a client who has been navigating through some heavy grief over the last few years. With multiple losses in his life, including the death of both of his parents in such a short period of time, he came to me after doing some amazing work in therapy, work that helped him to begin to process the loss and work through a lot of the trauma that was associated with those losses. In partnership with therapy he was receiving, he was looking for a way to start to regain some of who he was, to come back to himself, and slowly start to take actionable steps forward towards a future that he envisioned for himself. 
So often when we're dealing with a great loss, there can be this feeling of stagnancy. And almost like time has frozen for us while the world keeps moving. Learning how to navigate these new emotions that are present to grapple with what life looks like in the absence of the loved one. And to learn how to move through life again takes time and patience. There's no right way to grieve. There's no magical sign that you're ready to move forward with your life. And there will be days when you feel like the weight of it all is back on your shoulders. It's in the awareness of these emotions, the acceptance of them, the ability to remove judgment from how you're responding, and giving yourself permission to show up however you need to in that moment, that slowly you can begin to create motion again in your life. If you've gone through loss in your life, my hope is that hearing this conversation you're about to listen in on creates a space of validation for what you might have gone through or what you might be going through. To know that you're not alone, and that while life may be different forever, there is a hope that even in the midst of grief, you can take the next step forward. Typically in coaching sessions, we'll set up a coaching agreement at the beginning of the session to help to keep us on track and ensure that we are meeting the goal of the session. With today's session, we'll be jumping in after that's been established so we can spend more time navigating through the conversation that occurred. But as a reference, this session was set around how to continue to find ways to navigate through the heaviness of grief and loss and how it was impacting his life. He wanted to find ways to be able to find tools that would enable him to begin to walk side by side with grief and honor his mother, making sure that he's never losing her memory, but also being able to move forward in his own life. He was clear that this was needed and necessary in his life so that he could continue to show up for himself and continue to show up for the rest of his family who needed him. And what was standing in his way at that moment was the heaviness that would come over him and the feeling that it was just all too much sometimes. Part of coaching is letting the client lead and then gently following to find ways to bring to light things that may not immediately be seen by them. It's not always a straight line to the goal that makes a meaningful coaching session, but the allowance for discovery to be made when the client is ready. Sometimes we need to veer off track and then find our way back in order for the big learnings to come into light. What was really interesting about this session was that throughout our conversation, the clarity of tools that he had already built for himself became apparent for him, and he was able to really see just how far he had already come. While there were actionable steps and takeaways at the end of the session, the biggest takeaway was his awareness of the healing that had taken place and the knowledge of how he needed to continue to show up for himself and for those around him. So with that, let's head into session. Tell me a little bit about her. Um, she was a little Sicilian lady <laughs> who was very creative. 
she never judged anyone at all. Um, she was a devout Catholic. She was a devout mother. She was very funny. You know, I had somebody say to me, they go, your mother was very special. And I kind of said, uh, yeah, she's special. A lot of people say that about their, I know people say that about their mothers. And he said, no, 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 you don't understand. He goes, your mom was special. And she was, and she was. She, uh, I just wasn't really ready for her to die. So I just wasn't, I just wasn't ready for it. So, um, I knew it was going to happen, but it was hard. It was hard. It was a hard yeah. thing. She died of breast cancer and, um, didn't run in her family. It was just like a fluke thing. So her being gone in her death, I think we know that that comes in life, but the way she died and it being such a surprise like that almost is more of my grief than her being gone. Yeah. When someone gets cancer, they transform and they're very sick. And so um, that was a very hard thing. I think I have more problems with that than actually her dying because I know she's in a good place. But the suffering to get there really gives me a lot of PTSD, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and having to having to watch someone who you care about so deeply mm-hmm. deteriorate. Yes, there's nothing, nothing in this world that is like that. And of course, there's incredible sadness. And I'm glad that you've been able to get to the point where you can see that she's at peace and be able to move on there. But it sounds like that is still with you, that feeling of holding on to the loss of her during those moments. You know, sometimes when we have um, memories that bring a grimace to your face, like a you shake your head and go, no, you know, like yeah. you just can't stand the sight of it, the thought of it. That is probably something that still last for me today. Would you be willing to dig into one of those memories? Is it okay if I get emotional? It is absolutely okay. <laughs> okay. Because I might get emotional. Um, yeah. While it was a beautiful thing, it was a very hard thing. My mom, uh, of course, towards the end, she was in bed. And I, you talk about the universe calling you. Uh, I really felt like that's what happened here. God, the universe, whatever it might be for you. But my mom was, she was in bed and she was not conscious at all. And um, believe it or not, I just had this, I was like, she's not going to, this isn't going to happen today. And then I went in there and sat next to her and started crying so much that I actually my family was there eating dinner, uh, brought everybody into the room. My crying did. Made my dogs howl. Uh, it's like I didn't know. And then all of a sudden I did know. And I held her hand and she squeezed it. And then she opened her eyes and looked at me. And then she was gone. So that... Uh, vision or that scene 
whatever, is I think about that. And while it was a very beautiful thing and it has come to give me a lot of closure, it's also just very painful for me a lot of the yeah. time. It's just, I, I shouldn't grimace when I think about it, but I do grimace when I think about it. Yeah. I mean, I think it shows the, the deep love that you had for her, the connection that you had for her, that even in her last moments, you were connected to her. Yeah. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of emotions that go around that. When you think of that memory, how do you want to feel? How I feel now is it's a mixed bag of tricks because in one sense I feel very I feel very honored because something besides myself was calling me to the bed to be there with my mom. I think I want to feel more grateful that I was there, but at the same time, you know, she's leaving and it's sad. Yeah. And we can hold both things with that. It is perfectly okay to have that be an experience that is filled with memories and love and a sign of connection and also feel the devastating loss of what happened. It's not that we have to choose one. It's not that we look back at our life and say, we can only look at this as the beauty and the happiness. Because what that is in doing that, you're bypassing so much of what it meant to lose her. It's okay to hold on to that. It doesn't mean that you haven't processed things. It doesn't mean that you're stuck in the past. It means that you have a deep understanding of your connection with her. I understand that. I think probably what I need to learn more of is trying to live side by side with my grief. Where do you feel like you're not doing the best job of that right now? Hmm, that's a hard one. Maybe in the function of my day-to-day life, it's it can be crippling and I have to really take a minute yeah. and stuff. And I don't know if that's something that more time will bring. I try to lean into the grief as much as I can, but sometimes that's difficult to do, you know, with... Yeah life in general. Um, Maybe you have some words of wisdom with that. Grief can be such an all-encompassing feeling. And because of the connection that we have with the people who are associated with that grief, sometimes it can feel like we're not honoring them if we stop grieving. Mm -hmm. And I think the truth is you never stop the grieving process. You just learn how to, as you said, live side by side with it. You learn how to hold it. You will never have a moment in your life where you don't miss her. And you shouldn't. But it's figuring out how do you hold that space of honor and love and respect and longing for them still to be here, but also be able to experience the joy that is present I think one thing that was hard for me, I'll say this, is we were very much a family of um, get being Italian, get together, eat, and stuff like that. I've been very um, 
fortunate with my family that they all want to honor that. But sometimes it's hard because I don't want to. I'm not trying to make it without her. I'm just trying to honor her. And sometimes I worry about what my actions will mean to my family. Mm. I mean, most of the time they look at it like, this is great and stuff like that. But uh, I also, I worry about that a little bit. What's the fear there? What are you afraid that they'll assume or see? I don't want to take her place. I want to honor her. And I, for the most part, I think, I think this is my own feeling in my head. I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's something that nobody said anything to me. I think they all appreciate everything I do, but I think in my head, I just don't want to be. One of the biggest things that comes away from my mom's passing is I feel that I have to keep us together because I know that's what she'd want. And it's easy. That's an easy task because we all love each other and I think we all respect each other. But sometimes I just want to make sure I'm doing the right thing by her and by my brothers and my sister-in-laws and everybody. Yeah, that's an amazing thing to get to do is to carry on her legacy and to to take all of the things that she brought to you to not only you, but to everyone in your family and let them continue on. But I understand there's there's that careful balance of not taking her spot so that right. the memory of her is lost, but honoring her in that. Taking charge of your mental and emotional well-being doesn't just stop at a few deep breaths and mindful awareness. It also means ensuring that your body is functioning properly and taking good care of yourself. Part of that care is having the awareness of those sometimes overlooked areas of health, like your liver, which affects so many areas of your life, from your brain to your skin to gut health, digestion. It's responsible for over 500 functions daily. Luckily, Dose Organic Wellness Shots combine potent ingredients like potent turmeric, milk thistle, dandelion, and ginger, and clinically researched dosages to functionally support a healthier body every day. For example, one shot of dose for your liver is equivalent to 17 shots of turmeric juice. And while other brands may talk about individual ingredients in their products being clinically studied, what sets dose apart is that their formula has also undergone clinical testing. In a double-blind, placebo-controlled clinical trial, Dose for Your Liver was shown to support healthy liver enzyme function when taken daily. Another great thing about Dose is that, unlike other wellness shots, it doesn't contain any standard juices or powders and is formulated with organic herbs. It's vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, and has zero sugar. You know, I've really enjoyed adding Dose to my morning routine as a little pre-meditation practice and I've already noticed changes in my energy level and focus throughout the day. So, if you want to give Dose a shot and invest in your health, Dose is offering Letting It Settle listeners 15% off your first order, plus an additional 15% off if you subscribe for a monthly delivery. That's 30% off your first order. Go to dosedaily.co slash settle and use code SETTLE. That's dosedaily.co slash settle and use code SETTLE.
what would taking her spot look like? What would you need to be doing in order to feel like you were taking her spot and taking over for her? <laughs> Honestly, I could never take her spot. <laughs> There's just no way. I feel like, you know, everybody has a different grief journey. So I don't want to disrespect anybody else's grief journey. And maybe some people don't like things to be the same. They want to move on in their life. And some people want to remember, you know, do all the things to remember her. I think that my family likes to do all the things to remember her. I just always, like I said, I think it's my thing. I worry that I'm not, you know, that I'm overstepping with them. So... But uh, I worry about that quite a bit. And Has anyone ever mentioned that they feel like you're overstepping? No, nobody's ever. Maybe what's better to say, too, is I do try to remind everybody about what my mom stood for. And while I think that 99% of my family does that, there's times that I just don't want them to ever lose sight of that. Yeah. It's very clear. Honoring her memory is incredibly important to you. I was very blessed by living with my mom. And she kind of talked to me about the things that were important to her and family. And I probably don't communicate this to my family, but there's a lot of things she told me that I do to try to keep us together. And nobody's fighting, keeping us together or anything like that. It's just, she kind of filled me in. So that's a big gift to have, honestly. What are ways that you do that? Well, like recently, I, my nieces and nephews are like my own children. And I like to do things for them. And I make sure that we all gather together because I think, In my generation, we were always close with our cousins and our nephews and stuff like that. But I just try to meet all of them where they're at in their life. And that's what my mom would do. She would meet people where they were at. So I try to do the same. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful gift that you got from her. Yeah. And a beautiful gift that you get to pass on to the other people in your life. Yes, it is. It's a very good thing. What were the things that she brought into your life that no one else could? Um, I'm going to dub it down to like one story that's actually magnificent. And I think that if every child felt this way, it would be awesome. So... My mom, she had my two brothers, and then um, she lost two babies. She miscarried two children. So when she became pregnant with me, she said, the doctor said, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. And she said, you're going to have to really rest So being a devout Catholic, she got in the bed and said the rosary for six months, eight months, and just rested. And then she said, she told me when she was at the hospital, she had a C-section and she was kind of 
in twilight. She said she looked up and saw me, and I guess I had the curly hair that I have now even then. And she was like, oh, thank God my baby's okay. And she said she just thanked God that that she had me. But she told me that story throughout my life. And I think, and especially in today's world, I think the biggest gift is, you know, when somebody tells you a story like that, you were wanted. You were an answer to a prayer. With all the world with unwanted children and just people who come in not under come into the world not under that circumstances, I always found that to be the biggest blessing. Besides all the unconditional love, all the support, all the everything, knowing that from day one was the biggest blessing in my whole life, actually. Because yeah. it gave me confidence when I needed it. It gave me I always felt loved you know, everything. What a beautiful, beautiful gift to pass on to someone that, Mm -hmm. that intrinsic knowledge that you are wanted, that you are needed and that you are special. It gets me through the hardest part of the grief too. Yeah. And that's a big part of it is being able to take those things that the person who you've lost has given you and to to hold them dear, to let that be that voice when needed, and also get to honor them by passing it on. And I know that you do that a lot in your life. Mm-hmm. How do you do that for people who you care about? A simple answer is meeting them where they're at. One of the things of working with you is showing some extreme empathy mm-hmm. for people. Because my mom had that naturally she was human, but she had that naturally to go through any situation with some somebody. And that's something that I, I try to do. I try to have extreme empathy. It's not easy, but I try to do that. That's one way that it shows up. Uh, another thing that probably shows up, I mean, something I do that I started doing and I didn't really realize, I was sitting with a friend. She was there with her brother and they lost their parents too and uh she said um to her brother who and she goes we just don't talk since mom passed away and I was and they go do you talk to your brothers and I'm like and I realized while I was sitting there I talked to them at least two or three times a week all of them I make my rounds and I didn't really realize that I was doing it until she said that so sometimes things show up for you and you don't know that you're doing them, but you are. <laughs> so, And the thing is that she, she might not have known the impact that she had on you. You might not know the impact that you have on others, but it's so present and it's so there. The biggest thing that you have done for me in my grief is a lot of people would say to me, it's just going to take time. It's just going to take time. And... Well, I appreciate, I mean, and I have had wonderful, wonderful support because everybody knew what my mother thought. But the biggest learning thing has been being able to get up in the morning and have both hands in front of you. And you have grief in one hand and you have happiness and your life duties in the other. What are you going to do today? 
You know what I mean? What are you going to do today? Do you need to live in the grief? Because if you do, let's see how that looks for you today. Do you want to live in the happiness and the current events of your life? Which one do you want to do today? And it has been probably one of the most profound things that somebody has taught me. I'm just so proud of you for being able to just take that in. You know, a lot of times things can just be words that are coming out of someone's mouth, but it's what you do with those words. Right. And you chose to really take them in and implement them into your life. And I think that's what's been such a beautiful thing to watch you through this grieving process of holding on to that that grief. And there are days where you choose to be in that grief. Yeah. And you have the kindness and self-care to not beat yourself up about it. And there are days where the other is, is what you're going to choose. And you don't beat yourself up about not choosing grief in that moment. And I think that's the kindness and gentleness is so necessary. Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you feel like you're standing in your own way, logically knowing what might be best for you, but feeling lost and like you're repeating the same old patterns and getting the same results, it's okay to realize that sometimes you need an outside perspective, a way to have someone be there to help you get unstuck so you can start to work on yourself instead of against yourself. Therapy was and is such an important part of my journey. Having those moments each week to focus in on myself and have someone be there to guide me as I navigate through the tougher parts of life has been invaluable. And I hope that if you're finding yourself in need, you'll do yourself a favor and reach out for help. If you're thinking about therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and meet the needs of your busy schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and be matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash settle to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash settle. I had a lot of people talking to me and always wanting me to, you know, always wanting to say, it takes time, you're going to get through this, and you're going to, you're not going to get through it because it's, I'm always going to miss my mom, you're always going to miss your husband, you're always going to miss whoever you've lost. And when it's somebody extremely close, it never ends. So the biggest piece, like I said, the biggest learning thing was living with that side by side and saying, which one are you going to do today? And just making that choice. And I know this already, but it's a good practice. One of your things where you see the person in the door and then they come. Yeah. That's like the best. Yeah. That's, and that's the a, best. That's a great, great one to pull out in a lot of times. But when you're grieving, it's definitely one. Mm-hmm. Would it be helpful to go through that exercise today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. And this is just a way for you to reconnect with all those special things that she has brought you so that you can take that with you as you go on through the week. So just let yourself sink down into what's beneath you. 
Let your eyes just close. Start to connect to the breath, breathing in and breathing out. And I want you to just start to envision the room around you, just noting the walls, remembering what the floor looks like, what the ceiling looks like. And start to bring into mind the memory of what the door looks like. And then start to bring it to mind, just a memory of your mom, letting yourself really feel into the connection that you had, the beauty that existed in her. And just start to see her standing outside that door And then just start to imagine her walking through that door. Seeing the room light up. Feeling into that connection you had with her. And just imagine her sitting in front of you. Holding your hands. Just looking directly in your eyes and saying to you, you are good. There's nothing wrong with you. Nothing that needs to be fixed. And you're gonna be okay. Just hold on to those words, hold on to that connection. And then take your hand and start to place it on your own heart. Just feel into that. And using that same feeling that washed over you and as she spoke those words, start to say to yourself, you are good. There's nothing wrong with you. Nothing that needs to be fixed. And you're going to be okay. Hold on to that feeling. Hold on to the truth. And then when it feels right, go ahead and flutter your eyes open. And enter back. What does it feel like to have that memory and that time with her. It's always good to remember my mom. I don't know if it's that meditation or my mom would say those words to me. So she'd say it to all of her kids, all of her grandkids, everybody. So yeah. um, it really hits, it hits home with that. So, And now you get to not only share those words with yourself, but also as part of what you're passing on, share them with everyone around you. Yeah. So as you head into this week, what are some things that you can do to continue to walk side and side with grief and continue to pass those words along? The one thing I do 
that somebody told me is all the times that I am thinking, like, wouldn't it be great to make my brother spaghetti because I know he loves it, or call him and say, do you remember this thing? A very wise person told me one time that whenever you have those feelings, you should act on them. Anything that, um, for example, this week, uh, my husband and I are having a Halloween party for all of the kids, all the grandkids, all the nieces and nephews. My mom would do that. She would love to do that. So in preparation for that, that is how I take her memory. And this is silly, but she used to make popcorn balls and she has this recipe. And sometimes they wouldn't turn out. They would just be like a bowl of cereal, marshmallow cereal, kind of. And so, because you had to, the temperature had to be right and stuff like that. So my brother and I are like, we'll make them and we'll eat them. It doesn't matter if anybody else eats them. We try to do things like that. But back to what my this person told me was, whatever those silly little things, do them. Absolutely do them. Even if you don't feel like it, because it's it. Sometimes when it's something I don't understand, but it's a positive thing, I do it. And then that helps me live side by side with the grief of her not being here. Yeah. Sounds like beautiful homework for you today, for this week. Yeah. It's a good homework, right? Yeah. It's a good homework. Yeah. It sounds perfect. Yeah. Good. But I couldn't do this without you, though. <laughs> happy, happy to be here for you. Yes, I'm happy to. Good. All right, we'll go out this week. Go continue to show up for yourself. Walk side by side with that grief. And remember that you get the choice. You get to choose how you show up that day. Okay. All right, my friend. I will see you soon. All right. Thank you. Of course. My hope for today is that you're able to hear some of your own story in today's session and potentially gain some insight into your own journey as you hear my client travel through his. Whatever you take away from today is perfect. But I wanted to share a few things that struck me from our conversation and things that you may consider as you move forward in your grief. So the first thing is that in all things, we can experience multiple emotions at once. And that waiting for the day when you are fully healed or ready in order to move forward may keep you stuck for a really long time. And know that it's okay to experience joy along with sadness or fear along with excitement. Learning to walk side by side with your emotions can help keep you in motion while still honoring your feelings. And then the next takeaway is that you get to choose how you show up each day. There will be days when the concept of working on yourself will feel like it's too much. And in those moments, it's okay to simply be at rest and just sit with your grief. That is working on yourself. It's honoring what you need in that moment. And then the next takeaway is that your journey is unique. There is no timeline on any of this. You get to go as slow as you need to. And remember that there is no rush. And then finally, and possibly most important, 
is that finding someone to be with you throughout this process is needed and necessary. And sometimes just being able to give a voice to your feelings can help to clarify them in such a beautiful way. So if you're needing help, if you're needing someone to speak to, please reach out. So thank you for joining us today. And if you have any questions about today's episode, or if you want to share any of the insights or takeaways that you took from listening to the coaching session, I want you to reach out to me at our show's email, which is lettingitsettle at michaelgallion.com, or you can message me on Instagram at michael.gallion. So let's end today as we began, taking a deep breath in, breathing out, and letting it all settle. Go take care of yourself. And also, just a reminder that I'm a huge proponent of taking charge of your mental health. And that means seeking advice from professional therapists, counselors, psychologists, physicians, and other qualified professionals. My teachings are meant to help you find a space of calm amidst the storm, but if you're experiencing ongoing mental health challenges, I want you to make sure that you seek help from a licensed professional. And remember that nothing that's said within this podcast should be seen as a substitute for their advice. Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion is executive produced by Michael Gallion, Steve Wilson, David Henning, and Shen Yin Hu. Hosted by Michael Gallion. Original music and composition by Darren Johnson. Edited by Sarah Ma. Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion is a Q-Code production. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're in a relationship, single, or recently heartbroken, you could be navigating some tough stuff. And it really can be challenging to do this on your own. We all need help when it comes to our relationships, very specifically, our love lives. I'm Jillian, and each week on my podcast, Jillian on Love, I share skills on how to strengthen our relationships, how to build a stronger sense of self, and how to heal heartbreak and choose better partners. Learn how to start making change today and search for Jillian on Love wherever you're listening now.